Uh, I don't know how to explain that exactly, but I think he's going to be back this week and we might find out exactly who he is and, and what exactly he's doing. Um, you guys, at Hope Kids, our children's ministry here, I mean, we're about a lot of things and one of the things is definitely about having fun, but we have some like goals and, and kind of like a mission statement and what we want to do and and, you know, first things first, we want the kids to know Christ as their Savior. You know, we want them to know that they are special in God's eyes just as they are, no matter how talented they are, no matter how smart they are, no matter what their, their family life looks like or how much money they have, that they are special, that God loves them. He created each and every one of them. Um, we also, we're trying to enforce their relationship with their parents. We want to reinforce the parents and support them out there to let them know that their parents aren't always out to get them when they make up rules and they discipline and things like that, but that they love them, and that's why they do it. And so we have a lot of those focuses, a lot of those priorities, and, and one of the other, you know, there's Christ, knowing Christ as Savior, and then the other big thing is just for them to know that, that Jesus truly, legitimately loves them with all the love they could ever ask for, and they have the opportunity to love Him back. And that's the whole theme for VBS this week. It's that Jesus loves you. And that's why we had these amazing volunteers that put this together. I asked the volunteers to put some effort into the decorations this year, and they refused. So we just threw this together yesterday. And, you know, no, I'm kidding. There's obviously, obviously, obviously people invested so much time and energy into VBS. And so, and we know God's going to bring out every single child that needs to be out here. So, but I know he wants to use you too to get children out here that need to get out here. I don't know any child that doesn't need to know the fact that Jesus loves them. And that they need to know that with all their hearts because their life might be great now, but you know everybody goes through struggles as they grow, as they get older. And so we want to prepare them. We want to give them a foundation of, of Christ's love in their lives and in their hearts. And, and we want them to know him and we want them to just learn about him and to grow in their relationship with him. And that's what our VBS week is all about. So we are excited for it. I know Ann said excited a hundred times. I've written the volunteer team emails all the time and the word excited is probably in there just as much as Ann said it. So, but we really are. We are truly excited and we are pumped up, and we are ready to go this week. So again, we will have a registration table in the back for anybody that wants to register their kids before they leave today, just to kind of get a jump start on that. Um, and if not, you can do it online, and, or if you can just show up Monday night. People can just show up Monday night, and we'll register them then too. But we, would, we, we are excited for the kids that are going to be here, and we are, we are pumped up for it. And so thank you all for the, for the support that you've given us, um, whether it be financially or prayers or anything like that. What, I, what I'd like to do right now, if it's all right, we've been trying, we've been dousing VBS with prayer over the past few weeks, and what I'd like to do is continue to do that right now. If I could have everybody who is a volunteer at VBS, just stand up where you are, just anybody that's coming out, any kind of volunteer. So this is, this is most of our volunteer team. I know some people aren't here today, but this is our volunteer team, and what I'd like to do right now, if we could just take just a few minutes to pray for them. I'm going to just leave a minute of silence for everyone around. If you see someone or you just want to pray for everybody in general, just pray for them. Pray for the students that are coming out, and then I'll kind of, I'll kind of pray over the, the whole program um, after just a few seconds of just some, some quiet time prayer where you're sitting. So, so let's do that now. Let's just spend some time in prayer for, for our volunteers in VBS. Amen. Father God, we love you, Lord, and we are just, uh, we're just thrilled to be out here this morning with this opportunity to worship you. Lord, we are thrilled with the opportunity for this week that this church can serve the community, that this church can serve the children of the congregation and their friends and family um, in a way that we can just, just take a week to just kind of give them a chance to focus on who God is and uh, focus on that love that he has to offer them. Father God, we, th- we thank you for, for the volunteers that have just felt called by you to, to come and do this all the time and energy and money that they've invested into this program, Father God, I thank you for their willingness. I thank you for them opening their hearts to allow you to use them this week, um, Father God. And I thank you for this congregation that has supported the program in the same way. Lord, as this week just comes up, we just ask that you give us the strength and the energy to give our all to you. We pray for the students coming out, Lord, that you prepare their hearts to receive you, to, to either come to know you for the first time or to come to know you more. And Father God, we just we pray for your safety and, and, and everything that's going to happen this week. Lord, we just put it in your hands and we thank you so much for, for all you do for us in your name. Amen. Amen, guys. So thank you. You guys can have a seat. So I talked about the, uh, the theme of VBS and, and today I'm, I'm actually going to do the message. I don't know if that doesn't scare anybody. But, uh, you know, I'm used to talking to the, the younger kids. So 
um, I'm used to, hopefully, hopefully there won't be as much nose picking today as there usually is. But uh, I, I trust you as well. Who knows? You never know. But, but we, have, we have specific themes for each day. And, and everything we do from the games to the snacks to every single session that the kids are going to be attending, focus on a specific point each day. And so I'm going to briefly run through them for you real quick to kind of give you an idea of where we're going. And so the first day is going to be, even when you feel left out, Jesus loves you. And we're going to talk about the story of the ten lepers. The lepers that were, you know, if, for anyone who doesn't know, lepers was, leprosy was a disease that people were, you know, was contagious. People were worried about getting. And so if someone got leprosy back in the day, they were shunned. They were kicked out. Nobody wanted to get it, so they sent them away. And obviously, you know, that, that helps you feel pretty left out when no one will get near you, your family, anything like that. But Jesus went to them. He went to them and he healed them. And so even when you're left out, Jesus loves you. The next day, the topic is even though you're different, Jesus loves you. And it's how Jesus reached out to the Samaritan woman. And the Samaritans and, and Gentiles, they, were, they, were not, they didn't get along, all right? They weren't friends. And, and normally, you wouldn't get near someone like that. But even though she was different and different nationality, Jesus still went to her and loved her. And so we want the kids to know that Jesus will still come to them no matter how different they are. Another thing was, even when you, the next day is, even when you don't understand, Jesus loves you. And that's when Jesus got on his hands and knees and he cleaned the feet of the disciples. The Savior of the world, King of Kings, got on his hands and knees and cleaned the feet of his disciples. He humbled himself before them. And they didn't get it. They didn't understand it. And Jesus explained it to them. And that's the other point that we want the kids to know. Even when you don't understand exactly what Jesus is doing in your life, he loves you. Right? And then the next day, is going to be even though you do wrong, Jesus love you, loves you. And this is going to be the story of the cross. And how Jesus went to the cross to die for our sins. And that's the most important lesson that, that any of the kids will learn for their entire lives. And so we're really praying for Thursday that, that they will come in with their open hearts and God will just speak to them and use them. And, and that's, the, that's the, the story of the cross is obviously the story that, that we, we pray and hope all of them know with all their hearts and all their minds. And so we're going to do that on Thursday night. And then on Friday, the last point is even when you're afraid, Jesus loves you. And this is when, um, for as you know, Paul, who's, you know, wrote a lot of the books in the New Testament, um, he was one of the... He was one of the greatest evangelists ever, probably outside of Jesus. And, but before he was Paul, he was Saul. And Saul was a killer of Christians. All right? He was the meanest guy on the planet probably at the time. And so God called Ananias to go reach out to Saul, the scariest guy on the earth for someone who believed in Jesus and was willing to admit it. He called him to go to him and reach out to him because Saul had been blinded by Jesus to, to kind of call him into the, the life that Jesus wanted him to live. He blinded him. And Ananias, Ananias had to go out to this guy and... And God called him to speak to him. <laughs> yeah. And so he was scared to death, of course. But the point is that even when you're afraid, Jesus loves you. And now, I know that thought, that idea, Jesus loves you, that's kind of the topic we're going for today. And that's probably one of the most basic statements, you know, you hear at church. I mean, for those of you that, that grew up in the church like me, one of the first songs you ever learn is Jesus, Jesus Loves Me, right? You've been saying that for your entire life, and so you kind of know the phrase. If you're new to church, first maybe you're new to just coming to Christ, maybe you're new to church, one of the first things people teach you is when you want to know about Jesus is, hey, Jesus loves you. You hear that from the moment you're in. Even if you don't go to church, you don't know, you hear that, that rumor that you know, people love Jesus and, and Jesus loves you back. So it's a pretty basic statement that you know when I, when I first started thinking about, all right, so I want to kind of tie it into VBS and the theme, and I'm like, all right, how about Jesus loves you? I was like, well, that's, that might be boring. <laughs> this is my original thought. Like, ah, people, what do you do with that? People know that. People understand that. You know, but you know what? Maybe people aren't realizing, you know, the depth of his love and how, how great it is for their lives, and, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, God will use me to kind of show them that through Scripture. And as I'm preparing it, come this past Friday, God kind of like smacked me in the face. We use this phrase all the time, smacked me in the face. I'm honest, God kind of uppercutted me while I was leaning forward, limp, and just knocked me down. And I'm not, I'm not a crier, but I actually, I actually broke down. <laughs> I broke down because, because of the depth of Jesus' love. All right? And, and just reading through the scripture, you know, I'm praying God, you know, use me to speak to everybody else. God was like, well, no, no, how about I speak to you right now? <laughs> you keep reading these verses and you're just reading them you're just reading them because, you know, you're reading your Bible, you're just going, you're going, and, you know, you've read these verses all your life. And, and yeah, I know it, and I get it, but there, there is a, a very fine line between knowing Jesus loves you and actually accepting that. And I don't know if anyone else was kind of missing that, like, like I was, 
But I realized that I was. I was, I was missing that. And, and it's a pretty, pretty amazing fact if you think about all right, so we talked about, you know, Jesus getting on his hands and knees, washing the feet of the disciples. You know, he had no place doing that, being the, the king of kings, Lord of lords. Well, okay, the, the God of the entire universe, the God who created the earth, who created the stars, who created a vast expanse of space that we can't even explore, that we can't even see the end of, that huge God, that God that created the mountains and, the, and everything in nature, how nature works in, in our bodies, they all work in, in, in sync with each other. The God who created all that, has all the power in the world, can do anything he wants, he actually loves you. And he loves me. And that's pretty amazing that he, he takes the time to do that. And, and that's kind of where I got floored. And, and so, so, you know, I was kind of like, all right, God. Because then every time I tried to, like, go through, through the message and try and practice it, I kept breaking down. I was like, I'm not really getting through this too well. So I don't know what's going to happen today. So I'm just going to warn you all right now. We'll see what happens. But, I mean, basically, all, what I really what I, what I want to do today is, because it's all I can do, is just kind of share what God spoke to me through, through this idea and, and how he kind of, you know, walked me through my own life and, and, and helped me to realize this. And so I just want to pray again real quick just for the message and that we can just uh, open our hearts to him. So, so, Father God, again, we just, Lord, we just thank you for this time, um, Father God, and, and we thank you for your love. Uh, I think that's, that's something we've probably said a lot in our lives. A pretty common phrase, but I don't know that we really truly, at least I know I didn't, uh, truly understand and, and accept that love for all that it is uh, right now, this time of my life. And so, so Father God, I thank you for, for, for explaining it to me, helping me to see it more than I maybe ever have. And Lord, I just pray that, that today that all of us come in here, no matter how confident we are in, in who we are and who we are in you, and, or maybe how unconfident we are in who we are and who we are in you, Father God, that you just open all our hearts to just come to know you more, to come to know your love more, to understand your love more. And that, Father God, we can just lower all expectations and, and all pride and, and everything else and just, just be open to your love this morning, Father God. Lord, we love you. In your name, amen. Amen. I think, I think a lot of times when it comes to this is, you know, there's, there's reasons why we don't get it. And, and first things first, you know, God's love is not the kind of love that we know on this earth. You can't tell I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> so I apologize if I take a lot of water today. But God's, God's love is not a love that we know on this earth. So, so when we try to think of God's love, if we try to compare it to the love we know on this earth, immediately there's a misconception of what true love really is. See, a lot of times we think we don't need God's love because we have all this other love on the earth. So we're like, oh, I'm good. I don't really need God's love. So we kind of chase all this other love on the earth. But, but let's look at the, the love that we have on this earth and compare it to God's real quick, because his love is not of this earth. All right, we can start with our, our best friend, right? Our BFFs, for younger people, if you don't know what that means, best friend forever. See, I'm hip. Mark says he's hip. I'm hip. All right, I know BFF. I don't know a lot of the other acronyms, but I know that one. All right, but you got your best friends. Maybe some of you grew up for all time, you know, for as long as you can remember. Maybe you're your spouse now. But let me ask you something. Does your best friend sometimes, is that love a perfect love? Is that love that's always there? Has your best friend ever gotten mad at you? Any, of you? any of you ever fight more with your best friend than you actually get along with them? Yeah, it happens. All right, so best friends are cool, but I don't know that we can compare that to Jesus. We have the crushes growing up, if you guys remember that, when you were, when you were younger. I remember my first crush. It was like, I don't know if I really want to admit what age this is, because maybe I should have been more mature than to think like this. But I, it was like the first girlfriend I ever had, you know, there was like a party, and we're like, oh, hey, you know, talk to this person. I was like, hey, do you want to be boyfriend or girlfriend? I'm like, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, so I got, so I'm like, all right, I got a girlfriend. So I get in the car that night after this little, like, birthday party, somebody's birthday party, something like that. I sit in the car, and I tell my mom, I'm like, mom, I got a girlfriend. So, uh, and she's like, no, you don't. <laughs> I was like fifth grade, sixth grade, you know, and that was the last thing she went on my mind. But she's like, no, you don't, no, you don't. I was like, yes, I do. I do. I have a girlfriend now. She's like, no. I was like, yeah. I was like, I think I love her. And she, <laughs> granted, I just met this girl for the first time. Again, that's why I'm not admitting what age I was when I did this. But she, and my mom was like, no, you don't. You, you really, you really don't. And you know, in my head, I was getting all defensive. I was like, don't talk about my love like that. You know, I didn't do it. <laughs> but that's the way I got. And I think some of you know it. Growing up, you remember some of the crushes you've had, whether it was a realistic one or it was one like that. And I think I don't know that I don't. You know what? We may have never broken up. I might still actually be dating her. I don't remember. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, all right. It was like when I was like ten, like fifth grade, fourth grade. All right. But 
you know, we have those. We have those exaggerated loves in our minds. We go, and then we get older in high school, and we have the boyfriends and the girlfriends, and maybe this was you. Maybe you see this in your kids where your life gets obsessed by them, and all you're doing is texting them all day, all night, or you're emailing. Back when, I, when I was younger, we emailed, but that wasn't until, like, college. <laughs> Young people don't know what I'm talking about here, but I, we didn't have email until like, I was in college. So, but, you know, we would do that. You know, when Kel and I, we, started, we first dated in, when I was a senior in high school and in the college, and we would, we would email each other every night. You know, we would call each other every night. You know, we would follow them around. We'd want to know what they're doing. You get obsessed with your boyfriend or your girlfriend a little bit. But who knows that sometimes, you know, that's not always a perfect love. That always breaks up, but that's kind of how we view love. We have those. And then we have marriage, which marriage is awesome when we get to that point. Um, you know, we had Matt and Kyle got married a couple, two Saturdays or two Fridays ago. And, uh, and that was awesome. That was exciting. We all, some of us have spouses, and some of, those, some of those marriages are awesome. They're great. I don't think they're perfect. Anybody's not perfect, because if anybody's just perfect, I'm probably doing something wrong, so I need to know what you're doing right. Because, <laughs> I mean, a marriage takes work, right? Do we agree with that? Everybody with me? Marriage takes a lot of work. You got to, like, back and forth to really, like, grow there. And that's not a perfect love. That's not the kind of love that, that God has that's, that's unconditional for us. And so, you know, there's all kinds of things we have love for, whether it be hobbies or sports teams. You know, I mean, we are really, really pumped up, and we really, really love our sports teams a lot of times. And that might be, that might be the closest thing to unconditional love for some of us on this earth. <laughs> if we're being honest, some of the wives are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, and some of the guys are like, hey, what about shopping? Yeah, hobbies. Okay. So, I don't want to classify like that. But, but we know, we, you know, we, we're, we know when we're excited about something. We know when we love something. But none of these loves, none of these loves we experience on this earth or in our lives compare to the love of Jesus. You know, and, and, and the love of Jesus is not, is not a forced love. Like, you guys know what a forced love is sometimes when you have that family member that you kind of have to love. Or, or maybe your in-laws, you kind of have to at least pretend to love. Not me. Not me. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean. There's a forced love that we, have, we feel like, oh, well, we have to love these people because... You know, because I'm related to them. Because trust me, I think back to my childhood, and there were times where my parents probably shouldn't have loved me. They should have probably kicked my butt and kicked me out of the house. But they did. And it's kind of because they had to. It was, but not because they had to, but they wanted to. They did choose to. But a lot of times we have to force our love. And, and Jesus' love is not a forced love. All right? We understand that, right? He's not forced. He's, again, creator of the universe. He doesn't have to love us at all. He chooses to love us. And so all these different kinds of loves that we have on this earth do not compare to Jesus. So, so right off the bat, and this, again, this is something that as I was going through it, I had to realize, let's not compare Jesus' love to the love that we have on this earth because it just doesn't compare. It's greater than that. It's stronger than that. It's more than that. It doesn't fade. It's not back and forth. All right? It's constant. And, and so we need to know that and we need to accept that. And, and love is a good thing. Love is something that, that we, we want that we, we need in our lives. So, so if we know that, and for those of us that, that come to church, especially here we talk about Jesus' love all the time, you know, we know all this about love. Why can't we just accept it? Why can't we accept it fully and, and live with it and enjoy it and have it be an everyday part of our lives? And when things go wrong, we don't fall apart, but we just cling to God. We cling to that love. You know, why don't we do that? And that was where, this is where God kind of came in and, and talked to me like, all right, you don't do this, so what are you going to tell the people? You know, it, because like for me, um, for a lot of us sometimes like there's different things that, that come up that kind of distract us from God's love. Again, I grew up in the church. You know, I've been saved since I was five years old. My family was always real involved in church. I was always there. I started working in ministry 11 years ago, and, and I've been doing it since, and and so you would think, you know, I'd like to assume that I would have it all together, but I didn't. See, 11 years ago, and, and I, there's probably lots of things that, that again, has defined my, my version of Jesus' love for me, because a lot of times our past will define our, give us our definition of love, and our past will give us our definition of Jesus' love. We start basing Jesus' love off what our past lives looked like and how his love made us feel, and sometimes we get distracted by, by what God's love really is because of our own things that we go through. Like, for me... I guess, you know, Kel and I got married uh, 11 years ago, and about a, a year to two years in between, we, we, we got pregnant for the first time, and, and that was very exciting for us. We both wanted to be parents since we were younger. We've always talked about it. We were excited about it. We couldn't wait. As soon as we, you know, we, we found out we were pregnant, we were super excited, 
And, uh, and about less than, about three months into it, we, we lost that baby. We had a miscarriage. And now I know for, for some people, if you've never experienced a miscarriage, from what I'm told, from people I've talked to who when I originally talked to them, they kind of like didn't quite get why it was so painful. But then when they had their own kid, they realized, oh, now I understand why it was so painful. So if you've never had a kid, it might be a little hard to understand. But, but when you find out you're pregnant, I mean, right there, you're, you're, you're a parent. You're kind of hooked in. You're like, all right, I can't wait to see this baby when it comes out. I'm, I'm super excited. I'm a parent. And so when you, get, when you get that in your mind, you get excited about it, and then something happens to that baby, it's, it's, just, it's as hard as, as losing a baby that's already been born. It's, and and so in some cases, you know, maybe it's even harder for some people. But it was hard on us. Like, it was so hard on us that we kind of forgot everything we ever learned in church. And, and when, when that pain came on, we kind of, we, we tried to figure out how to handle it. We didn't want to make a big deal about it because, you know, we had already, before we had told it, we didn't tell anybody. And then we found out that we'd already lost the baby. So we're like, you know what, let's not make a big deal about it. We just, we won't tell anybody. We'll, we'll keep it to ourselves and we'll, you know, we'll handle it. Uh, the only problem with that was we didn't handle it. We just didn't talk about it. We sat there for, we just, we didn't, we didn't address it. We both kind of dealt with our pain separately and not because we didn't like each other and nothing to do with each other. It was just more like, man, we're hurting. So we kind of got lost and we, we, we forgot how we were, what we were supposed to do, you know, and we kind of maybe, we were kind of like, yeah, Jesus, you know, kind of helped me through this. But because we weren't really talking about it to anybody else, we kind of just, we, we lost all our sense of understanding of, of the Bible and what Jesus calls us to do and in the reaching out family of Christ and, and, and getting help and things like that and, and so we just, we messed up. Life was busy. Uh, I was running around doing different things with my job and, and uh, a ministry I was involved in. And, and it, was, it, was, it was a lot going on. And so, and I don't go through the whole story with you, but end of the end, we did end up having a son. Isaac, he's five years old. A couple years later, we ended up having Isaac. Uh, he's a little redhead with big glasses running around. You can't miss him. All right. Pretty loud. You don't, you don't know who he is. Uh, and we ended up having him, and that was exciting. That was awesome. We were thrilled about it. But just because you have a child after losing one, it doesn't make the pain disappear. You know, it doesn't mean that experience didn't happen. But we kind of thought it did. We we're kind of like, all right, we're good now. We have a son. But come to realize, man, we still weren't connected on, on the level that we're supposed to be connected as husband and wife because we were still dealing with that pain. We never really talked through it and talked about it. And I take full responsibility because I didn't bring it up because I was dealing with my own pain that I just didn't know how to talk about it, and it was just a big, big mess, the most painful thing either of us had ever been through, and so we kind of got lost. So anyway, what had happened through that time in trying to process and deal with it was that a doubt set in that Jesus really loves me all that much if he's going to put me through a painful a situation that painful. And so not only did our relationship, you know, have a hard time there, but our relationship both of us with God had a real hard time because we started doubting his love, that he would put us through something like that, that, that he would still love us. And so eventually we figured it out. We finally started talking about it. And actually, Mark and Dana helped us a lot. We finally started talking about it. We realized it, and it was like, wow. It was like, like holy smokes, what have we been doing? <laughs> and, and, and thankfully, God, you know, God helped us to, to, to repair that. To, to, to fix the things that, that we had broken and to, uh, to kind of move us on from that. But, but that kind of pain, that kind of struggle, going through that kind of thing, and maybe it's not something that happened to you recently, maybe it's something that happened to you when you were younger, some kind of maybe, maybe some kind of abuse or mistreatment. And maybe your family broke up and it was really ugly and it was really hard, it was really bad, or maybe something like recent has happened to you. Like, like for me, you know, that was, that was fairly recent for what we're going through. You know, pain can be blinding. Pain, pain can be deceiving. As soon as we start basing and comparing God's, God to, to us and kind of tying us in like we're anywhere close to each other, we, we start missing who out on who God really is. And especially when we start comparing his love to the love that we know on this earth and you know, we start making up, we start defining our, by ourselves what his love is as opposed to you know, looking in the Bible and knowing what it is. That's, when, that's our first mistake. That's when we start making the mistake and we start missing out on what his love really is. So, you know, I don't know what, what everyone else has gone through. I don't know what different things that you guys have experienced in your life. But if there's anything like that, you know, maybe you're missing out on God's love for you right now. And it's something that, that, that we have the opportunity to kind of come back to this morning and realize, and I hope, like, God, God brought me back to it. Like, I, mean, I was doing good and I, got, I was better from, uh, definitely better than where I was but, I, 
you know, again, doing it this week, I just realized, I'm like, man, you know, I still don't really get this, you know, until I start, until I really, like, start studying, reading about it, and understanding it in the Bible, I really didn't get it, and I really wasn't experiencing it, because I didn't get it, because I kept having all these stipulations on his love that I assumed they were for me, and it's not something I literally thought about, and I was like, yeah, Jesus, you love me, but you don't like me because of this, or you don't like me because of that, it was just a natural, ingrained, and everything else that had happened in my past, this, like, his love was, like, diluted with, like, all this junk. And so it wasn't, like, fully, like, you know, raining down upon me. And I wasn't fully accepting it and filling it up in my heart. And so I don't know if anyone else is, is there today. But, but if you are, I'm gonna, I want to encourage you that we can't tell Jesus how much he loves us. We can't define that. We can't say, Jesus, you love me this much. Because that's where I see it, and that's where I feel it. So that's how I, it doesn't work like that. Remember, he created the universe and the earth. Do you think he follows our, our boundaries? Do <laughs> you think he follows our limits? No. No, no, no. We have, to, we have to stop doing that, to think that the creator of the entire universe doesn't love us. We don't, we don't get to think that. Because he tells us that he does. This whole book is, is a love letter from him to us. All right? And we see it all the time. And again, it's showered throughout this book. Not, and it's not like, you know, don't look at it as like repetition. I'm like, all right, I know you love me. All right, I know you love me. I know you love me. As you go through, read that and realize yeah, he really does love you. As many times as he says it, he really does love you. The scripture passage for today says this about God's love. All right, and this is something we don't want to be deceived about. In Romans 8, verse 35, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. That is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We, as much as we may, we may want to say that about our feelings towards our kids or our feelings towards our spouses or our feelings towards our family, we cannot say that about any love we have on this earth or for anything we feel loves us on this earth. All right, but we can say that about God's love. All right, God's love isn't faked. It can't be broken. It's not going to dump you. All right? It's an eternal love, eternal, forever. Again, he's the creator. He created you. Now, when you, when you create something, like you want to say you make a sandwich or, you know, you make a sandwich, why, why do you create a sandwich? You create to eat it, right? Thank you, kids. Very good. You create it to eat it, right? So, so you decide, all right, I'm making a sandwich because I'm going to eat it or you're making it for someone else, whatever. But so when Jesus looks at you, he doesn't say, I'm going to create that person to abuse them, to beat them up, to knock them down, to just smash them. No, 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 no. No, Jesus creates us, creates each and every one of us to love us, and so we have the opportunity to love him. That's why he created Adam and Eve, right, from the beginning. That was the point. All right? The Bible says he loves us with an everlasting love, which means he loved us before we were born. He'll love us after we die. He has always loved us, and so he made each and every one of us, and I know sometimes when we hear this, we assume that whoever's saying it is talking to everybody else in the room but yourself, no, I'm talking, if I could go around to each of you and say this to your face, I would say to each of you, Jesus created you for a reason, for a purpose. He loves you. That's why he made you. And he wants you to experience his love. He wants you to love him back. He wants to have that relationship with you. He wants to give you a life filled with joy and, and contentment all right, and patience and peace. Even when things go wrong, even when things get bad, he wants you to have peace. If you don't have peace right now, you might not be accepting Jesus' love for all that it is. And, and obviously, we go through hard times. I told you, it's taken me a long time to still get over some of the things I've been through and find that, that true peace. But I, I think this week, I got to start from it, from, from really understanding and accepting his love into in what the scripture says as we've gone through. All right? But again, in Jeremiah, it says he loved you with an everlasting love. All right? His love is unconditional. It's abounding. It's forever flowing. It's forever going towards you. It's never like, all right, I'm going to stand back here and wait for you to come to me. He is always running towards you. All right, we're the ones that are kind of like, all right, hold on. I'm going to walk this way. 
He's constantly coming towards us. He constantly wants us. So all we have to do, stop fighting it. All we have to do is accept it. It's not like we don't have to search for it. Sometimes we might have to search through our pain and things like that, but it's there. And we just got to let it in. We just got to let it in. And that's an amazing love. The Bible says over and over again, he loves us like a bride. All right? Why do we, why do, we do rings at weddings? Not just because the bride wants jewelry. We do it, it symbolizes something. All right? It's a circle because the love is not supposed to end. All right? It says Jesus loves us like a bride. It says he loves us like a father. Now, I know for some of us, the idea of the love of a father isn't much. I really feel like I heard, a, I heard a speaker say this once before, and I think I have to really agree with him because I was a youth pastor for years, dealt with a lot of kids that were hurt by their parents. And I think, you know, Satan, the enemy, is kind of trying to destroy our view, a lot of people's view in this world of what a father is supposed to be. So when you compare God to a father, it doesn't mean much. But the Bible says he is a heavenly father and that he is there for us at all times. All right? It's a love that keeps giving and giving and giving. It has forgiveness. There's no limits on how many times he will forgive you. All right? Again, a love, we can't really compare that to many of the loves on this earth. We can do things to get somebody to stop talking to us, can't we? We can do something to get people to get angry with us. But, but God's love is faithful, and it doesn't change. No matter what you've done, no matter what your past looks like, no matter how you view yourself, how insecure you may be. Again, like we teach the kids, no matter how smart you are, no matter how much money you have, no matter what your house looks like, no matter how many friends you have, whether you're married or not, whether you have kids or not, it doesn't matter to Jesus. All right? I know it matters to a lot of people on this earth, but it doesn't matter to Jesus. So don't look at him like everybody else. He's not, he's not of this earth. All right? <clears throat> Psalm 86, it says, But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Abounding. More than enough. More than enough. It never runs out. We will always have it. All right? If he loved us so much that he sent his son to this earth to die on the cross for us. We know, we know John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He sent his son to the cross. And I know, again, sometimes we see that and we're like, well, it's God. He had to do it. He knew he was going to do it. No, no, no. Look at this as, as a father sending his son to the cross to die for people, to die for some people who want nothing to do with him. Like, I can't even imagine that. My son, I have a son. He's five years old. I cannot imagine sacrificing him for anybody, let alone people that don't like me or like him or don't have anything to do with us. I don't know what that kind of love is. I can't grasp that. But that's how much God loved us. All right, that's a sacrificial love. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And it's a love that that finally accepts you. It's a love that will accept. Maybe you've never felt accepted your whole life. This love accepts you. All right? This love will bring you joy and, and contentment and peace. Again, those are, those are awesome things. Those are things I want in my life. <laughs> and if you don't, then, then something's definitely wrong with what's going on in your mind and your heart because that's who you're supposed to be. That's who you're meant to be. It's who God wants you to be. He created us to love us. He created us for us to love him. All of us. That's why he created us. Why the creator created us. Was to love him and for him to love us. <clears throat> so it's extremely important for us to remember that. And I hope we all, we all know it. Because, you know, we think back to like the times we seek love. Like I talked about those loves when we were younger and those first crushes. And, you know, they're, they're just straight up ridiculous. And, and when you're dating when we're young, it's completely out there. And, and you know, the love from our friends trying to fit in. Anybody ever do something to try and fit in with everybody else at school? I was, when I was in middle school, I wore my pants backwards because that's what everybody did. I thought it was cool. It was not easy going to the bathroom, but I learned that <laughs> easy. But hey, I look cool because everybody else was doing it, right? Wearing your clothes backwards. Some of you don't remember that. It's crisscross days, no? All right, all right. I was born in 1980, so that's, that's where I was. But, you know, we do what we can to fit in because we want the love of the people around us. We want to buy, maybe, maybe some of us want to buy a fancy car so we fit into the friends in our neighborhood because they all got nice cars. You know, maybe at our jobs we, we want to make as much money as our, as our siblings or our people in our family so we can kind of feel compared to them because we kind of keep comparing ourselves to them. You know, maybe we kiss up to our bosses 
to just try and get ahead at work. You know, we try and seek out all this love. We're desperate for it. We're desperate for love because, again, you were created to love. You were created to have love in your life. And so you look for that. You want that. Whether you know Jesus or not, you were created to love him. And so there's always going to be a, a push to, to find love. And when you have a choice, you can search for that real, genuine love everywhere else in the world, or you can search for Jesus. And you can, you can experience his love to the fullest as the foundation of all the other loves, as the foundation of who you are. Because you don't want to base who you are off the love of other people. Because that's not realistic. They didn't create you. They didn't make you. Jesus did. So we want love and we need it. That's what we're made to do and we act so desperate for it sometimes. But truth is, we already have all we need. So let's take it. Let's accept it. I didn't do that. I didn't do that to this week. I didn't do that you know, I don't know how I don't know where I got messed up along the way, but I was not accepting it to the fullest. You know, you, you go through sometimes you go through money problems, you go through a death in the family, you go through losing your job, or you go through just the bad times and you you just forget. You know, the world may not love you, may not go the way you want it to be the way you want it to be. But Jesus does. And it's just so, it's so important. And again, it's not just about knowing it. I know you all know it. I know you, or at least a lot of you have heard it before and you know the phrase, but it's about accepting God's love. You know, simplify it. God wants us with him and we should want to be with him. His greatest commandment wasn't, you know, do this or do that. You know, it wasn't, you know, go to church or give me this money or anything like that. It was that, hey, just love me. Just love me, right? That's what it says. They asked Jesus. I love it. I love it reading like the exact words from Jesus because it's kind of like, all right, this is how we're supposed to think about something. So they challenged him. What's the greatest commandment? They said, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's the greatest commandment. That's what you need in life. And again, it wasn't a rule. It wasn't like, you know, do what I say. It was, this is, well, it, I mean, it was a commandment, but, but. So we said, it's very, it's very simple. It's, it's, a, it's simple if we really look at it like that. All we have to do is love him. And he loves us back. And so I really hope that, that nobody here today, that this, that this is at least kind of like, made you kind of like view how you see Jesus and how you see his love. And, you know, if there is any kind of doubt that you start kind of like weeding that out, that you start realizing, I'm not really accepting an unconditional, forever forgiving strongest love I could ever experience in my life because, you know, of all the other pains and insecurities and things I have going on. I'm not there. If you're not there, man, get there. I, I, I'm not sure I'm, I'm completely there yet, but I'm, I'm on my way now, thankfully, after realizing what I was missing. I mean, you know, read that scripture passage again, Romans 8. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. It says we are more than conquerors. We can conquer anything that comes upon us in our lives. I know we're afraid. We're afraid to fail. We're afraid something bad's going to happen if we step out in faith and things like that. We're afraid. But we are more than conquerors to overcome anything that happens in this life. It doesn't matter the sin. It doesn't matter the pain. All right? Again, you may have been living with abuse or you know, you're on your conscience and, and in your heart for your entire life. You may have been living with abuse for, for so long that it, it's such a part of you that you don't know who you are without it. And so to let go of that pain is scary because you don't, you don't, you don't know who you are then. Right? That's, that's kind of what I was doing with that pain of, of the miscarriages and things I've gone through. But Jesus, and, and, and again, giving it to Jesus doesn't make it disappear. It doesn't make the experience go away. But if we're holding on to that and we're using that to define us, we're going to always live with that pain. That pain's always going to be a negative in our lives. God wants to use it for good. He really does. I know, I know it's hard. I can't pretend to know what everyone has gone through here in their lives and what kind of struggles they may have or what kind of pain maybe he's kind of sitting in. I, I can't. I don't know. But I do know this. Same thing for all of us. We all have different lives. We all have different situations. But there's one thing that's similar for all of us, and that's the love of Christ that we all have to pull us through. It says we are more than conquerors. Pain does not have to hold us back. It does not have, it's not strong enough to, to stop us from experiencing the love of God. 
you know, let's not be let's not be too naive to think that our problems are too big for God to handle. Right? God created the whole universe and the earth. His problems are not too big for us to handle. Our pain is not too deep for him to heal. Okay? Our struggles are not so strong that he can't help us to overcome them. And I'm talking to myself here. You know, believe that. He will give us the power to overcome and get to him. Like I said, he's sitting here. He's running towards us. He wants us. And, I, and I, again, I know it's hard to accept and believe because some of that pain is so deep. But this is where faith and trust comes in. Faith and trust in the one who loves you, the one who created you. All right, that's where we have to seek it out. You know, and I, it's, again, and I, I feel like because I don't want to like talk down about what anyone has gone through. I don't, I know some of you have been through some really hard times really difficult situations and difficult pasts and, and my, my troubles may not feel like they compare to yours but, but I do know this again that no matter what it is again I can say this with confidence that God's love is still there for you and God's love can and will pull you through you just gotta find it it might take a little work you might gotta seek it out you might kinda gotta sort through some things you might need some counseling but God wants you to live a life full of love. Why are we living it full of pain? Why aren't we doing something about it? Again, I know we're afraid. Maybe we're afraid to admit it. Maybe our pride won't let us admit that there's a problem or that we haven't gotten over something. Like, I think was really what was messing with me. But we gotta get through that so we can fully experience this life and this God that we have at our fingertips that, that just wants us to just thrive. All right? Nothing can separate us from the love of God nothing, nor anything, verse says, nor anything else in all creation. So no matter what happens, we can't be separated from the love of God. Right? You know, I, the, the way this awakened me this week just makes me, I, I said to God, I'm like, oh God, just help me to say something that, that reaches anybody. Because <laughs> I want you all, I want God to do in all of you what he did to me this week through this. All right? And I, I may not know you at all, but I still want it for you, I promise you. Because I look at my own life, and I have no idea, idea where I would be without knowing God's love for me, without knowing that God forgives me. It's, it's a little scary to think about where I would be. I have no idea what it would look like, but I, I know it wouldn't be pretty. I know it would be lonely, no matter how many friends I had. I, I know when pain would come, I wouldn't have a real, real good solution to get through that pain. I feel like life would be pretty hopeless. And so I can't imagine my life like that. And so I hope none of you are living your lives like that. You know, it's just, uh, it's, it's amazing. That's, that's all I can say. He would still choose to love me all the times I let him down. All the times I turned my back on him. All the times I didn't give him my all. All the mistakes I've made. He still loves me. I can't comprehend it. I can't get it. I can't get there. But I, but I know it. I don't know how he does it, but I know he does. I know he does now. And I pray that all of you know that. I think it's now, like I said, every time I think about it, I get a little choked up, and he's helped me get through this message today. So I thank him for that, because I was praying for that. But, but I want to, like, stop every day. I want to stop every day before I get up, before I get up and do what I normally do. We always wake up, and we, you know, brush our teeth, or we get a shower, or we do what we do. But I want to just stop every day when I wake up and be like, oh, man, Jesus loves me. I got a new day. He's giving me breath today to live this life, to enjoy him, to enjoy this world, to enjoy all he's given me. I want to stop before I get to start running around and doing tasks. And I want to stop and think about and just expect, uh, accepting and appreciating his love. You know, even if yesterday wasn't great or the bills are piled up or things have gone wrong or I got in trouble at work or, you know, I, I lose my job or I got in a fight with somebody, God still loves me. My life is still good. Because I have his love, and that's all I need. He promises that's all we'll ever need in our lives. So I think it's important that we stop and enjoy the love of Christ and the life he's given us. So I hope that made sense. <laughs> I hope that if you still feel separated from his love today, that you find it in yourself to, to want to change that. And uh, Kel and I are going to do a song right now because I want to give everybody an opportunity. Again, when I was going through this stuff, I was by myself. I was in a quiet time with God, and he was able to speak with me. I want to give everybody else that opportunity right now to have that quiet time with God so we can 
So if you're not there right now, you can take some time to pray with him and reflect on this idea of his love and, and where we're at with it. And I'll tell you this right now, if something's wrong, like it's probably, probably most of us, things aren't, aren't there's something, something going on in our hearts or our minds that may be distracting us. You know, then we're not fully accepting it. We're not fully taking it in and, and breathing it in and letting it flow through us completely with all we have. But, you know, right here, right now in this time, just spend this time in prayer to God, asking him to, to help you find him, to help you get there. You know, this is our Jesus. This is our God. The cross is the, the greatest proof we need of, of Jesus' love for us. And it's the basis for the victory we have over all these things. All right? I always say this to the kids. I say, if you believe one thing in the Bible, you got to believe it all. Even what we talked about today, that he loves you, all right? And that he won't let you go, all right? This is, God is for us. He's not against us. He's the one who created us to live within a life of comfort and joy. He finds us worthy. He finds us worthy of his love no matter what we've done, no matter who we are, no matter what our past looks like, no matter what our present looks like. No matter what our future is going to look like, God still loves us, and he always will. And we need that truth. We need that truth in our lives. He finds us worthy, whether we find ourselves worthy or not. He does. And so I just want to give everybody an opportunity to kind of think about that and pray about that where you're at as we kind of come to a close in our service today.
Amen. Father God, we just, we thank you so much for that love. And Lord, I pray that we all get there today. We all get there and we see that and we realize that and we accept it like we've never seen it before, like we've never known it before. Father God, you want more of us and we, we, we want to have more of you. Lord, we need more of you. So help us to know that. Help us to see that no matter what. No matter how long we've been a Christian. No matter how long we've known you. No matter where we're at in this place, Father God, help us to know that you love us. Father God, we just, we just we thank you. And we pray for this week coming up in VBS. Lord, we pray that, that the kids that are coming here this week, the entire thing, every single night is going to be about the fact that you love them. And I just pray, Lord, with all my heart that you help them to see that, that you help them to know that, that you help them to remember that through the rest of their lives. Father God, we love you and we thank you in your name. Amen. Amen. So if you want to pre-register your child, we have a registration table set up in the back for VBS. Remember to pray for us this week. If you want to come out and check out VBS, feel free. All right? Thank you so much, everyone. Have a great week.